0: okay tonight uh... we have what i call a very sweet and very simple message uh... all the illustrations in this message are extremely simple but i would say this and i want you to write this down right now you have a pen or you can borrow one from a neighbor i want you to write this down because i'm going to give you a very short phrase that. When you first hear it, you might have a little feeling, what is this? I promise you, by the end of this message, you will have a lot of feeling about this phrase. Okay, this is a phrase I'd like you to write down. It's three words. Source determines outcome. Let me say that again. Source determines outcome. Okay, how about all those from Washington say that? Source determines outcome. Okay, those from San Diego say that. Source determines outcome. How about Austin? Source determines outcome. Good, okay, great. And uh, so the title of this message is from Genesis 21. Uh, why don't we read the title of the message together. Ready? Go. The two of us in Genesis Okay, and then read Roman number one. Okay, so in Genesis 21 there are two wells. The first well is A, Ishmael's well. The second well is B, Isaac's well. So I told you this is going to be a very simple message. But I would say this, and I really want you to take this to heart, what I'm about to say. The principles in this message, if you apply them, will have a great effect on the rest of your life. A great effect. So I really want you to take this message, there's going to be some funny things you're going to see here in a minute. But I want you to realize, if you apply the things that we speak tonight to your Christian life... It will have a dramatic impact on your life. Well, first of all, we have Ishmael's Well. Why don't you all read uh, Ishmael's Well A? Ready, go. Okay, and let's all read those three verses there 19, 20, and 21. Ready, go. And God opened her eyes and she saw. Now, there's three words that I want you to underline in this section here, and we're going to talk about all three of those words. The first word is wilderness. The second word is archer. And the third word is Egypt. So I need I need a volunteer to be Ishmael. Oh, Here's Ishmael right here. Come on up, Ishmael. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now, there's two wells of water. So I have two wells here. Ishmael, could you set that well over there? And then I have another well right here. This is for Isaac. And uh, where did Ishmael dwell? In the wilderness. So this is the best I could do. We got a lot of wilderness in Austin. (laughs) But this was his... Surroundings, the wilderness. (laughs) And um, the wilderness, let me just say this, it has two meanings. Number one, the wilderness is a place rejected by God. And the children of Israel, you knew that they were supposed to go into the good land after two years of wandering in the wilderness. How long did they wander in the wilderness? Forty years in the wilderness. Did God want them in the wilderness? No, God's intention was that those children of Israel cross the Red Sea a short time in the wilderness, but then enter into the good land of Canaan. Wilderness is not positive. And then the second thing it signifies, besides something rejected by God, it it signifies man's soul. Now, you might wonder, well, I thought the soul of man's pretty good. Well... Have you ever been anxious about a test? Don't lie to me. (laughs) You all have been anxious about a test, haven't you? And you're there and you're in that anxiety. That anxiety is like a big wilderness. And uh, let me ask you a question. While you're in that anxiety and you're worried about that test and you're fretting about that test... Is that a place of drink or a thirsty place? Okay, then let me ask this. How about, brothers, you're worried about your future? You know, I talked to a brother the other day, and uh, he was telling me about that he could not get to sleep until 4 in the morning because he was worried about his future. And just the mind, just playing out all these scenarios in the mind, where am I going to go? How am I going to go there? How am I going to get into this program? All these things. Have any of you all had this type of situation where your mind is just going 100 miles a minute? That's a wilderness. That's a pretty dry place. So here he is. He's in the wilderness. This is Ishmael. And he takes a drink of that water. So go ahead, Ishmael. You can open it up and take a drink. Okay. Okay. Drinks from that water. And, you know, the next word that I had you all circle was the word archer. Okay, so, you know, I I, I don't have a, a bow and arrow, but, you know, there's people I know that have them. So, made him an archer. I didn't bring any arrows because I didn't want anybody to, you know, get hurt tonight, but okay. An archer in the Bible is something that kills life. You know, brothers, sometimes we're just in this realm. We're worried about something. Our mind is going. And then somebody comes along and they're just humming a hymn. How do you feel at that point in time? See, this brother's honest, <laughs> irritated, like, brother, please go to another room. When you're in the wilderness, you're an archer, and an archer kills life. Okay, then what was the third word I had you all? Egypt. Egypt. Okay, so he dwelt in the wilderness, and then and then his, his mother took a wife for him. Okay, I need a wife. Come on over here, Tanner. <laughs> Come on here. Hallelujah. I'm the bride. Welcome to Austin. Okay, so he has a... He has a, he <laughs> a he has, there's <laughs> a good choice. Yeah. Very nice shoes, wife. Okay, so so anyways, here's his wife. Thanks for videotaping this. Okay, and, and, she, and where is she from? Egypt. Egypt. And Egypt in the Bible signifies what? The world. So you drink of this source, you become an archer, someone that kills life, and you get joined to the world. You drink this source too much, and eventually you drift, drift to the world. So basically, you go down. So once you all go down to Egypt. Yeah, you can leave the wilderness there. Okay. That's Ishmael's well. Okay, now Isaac, come on up. Here's Isaac. (laughs) Okay, now wait a minute, Isaac. Isaac Isaac is not in the wilderness. Where is Isaac? He's in a garden. So we have Isaac here in a garden. It's not exactly a tamarisk tree, but just use your imagination, okay? And uh, he's there in the garden. And uh, he starts to take a drink of that water there, so you go ahead and start drinking, okay. <laughs> okay, you got you, you had a good drink. Yep. Now, what does what does? Isaac, what does Isaac become when he drinks of the proper well? Okay, there's another verse on your sheet, 22.1. Do you all see it? Go ahead and read 22.1. Is it on there? Oh, we didn't, we didn't, I'm sorry, we didn't read the the, uh, first verses there. Why don't we read uh, 25 through uh, 31. Ready? Go. Basically, just to just give a little background, there was a well that Abimelech's servants had taken by force, and Abraham wanted to redeem this well, and the way he redeemed it was by seven hew lambs. And so what this signifies is that he redeemed this well with a complete and full redemption. So this is a redeemed well. This is not a well over here like out in the wilderness. This here is a redeemed well. And he's drinking at that well and he's in a garden. And then read the next verse which is 22:2. Sorry, 22:2. Ready go. And Hold it like that. Right right in front of your head. In front of your head. Yeah. Eventually, if you drink at the redeemed well, it says on it, it might not be big enough, it says burnt offering. You become a burnt offering. And so instead of going down to Egypt, you go up to Moriah. So here he is up to Moriah and eventually this place Moriah became the very spot where the temple was built and God filled the temple right there in Moriah and ultimately it becomes Zion in the book of Revelation but this is what happens if you drink at the proper well you become a person that satisfies God and is pleasing to God if you drink at the wrong well then you become a person joined to the world You're in a rejected place, and there's no satisfaction. You get satisfaction for yourself, but not for God. So do you kind of have a picture here. Two wells, two sources, and two outcomes. See, I want the picture to be clear. It's not a small thing what well you're drinking from. It has bearings on what the outcome will be. If you're drinking from this well... The outcome is you're a killer of life and you go down to Egypt. If you drink from this well right here, you're in a garden, you become a burnt offering, and you become pleasing, satisfying to God. It's a big, big thing. So that's why the next one, thank you, brothers, for the help. The very next section there says this signifies, yeah, you can keep that, two kinds of Christians. Okay? Number one, let's read number one. Ready, go. Living in the of soul, and being joined to the world. And then that, that of course, is Ishmael. Then let's read the second one. Ready, go. Living for God in the spirit, and in the and being Okay, two kinds of Christians. Either we're living in our soul in the wilderness, we're joined to the world, Or we're living where? In our spirit, in the church life, and being brought to Zion. And you know, with us, sometimes we're in these places many different times a day. We become uh, the first type of Christian Christian. Then all of a sudden we meet some brothers on campus. We start drinking the right source. We become the second type of Christian. Then we leave those brothers and hang out with some other people. And we start drinking the wrong source. Then we become the first kind of Christian. And this is kind of our life. We become one, then two, then one, then two. But what our hope is is that we would begin to exercise more and more to become the second type of Christian, a person that lives in their spirit, just like it says here, in the church life and being brought to Zion. So here's, my, here's the challenge that we have to ask ourselves tonight. We have to examine, and I mean brothers, we really need to examine the water you're drinking. You have to examine it. And not just once, but day by day, what water are you drinking? Are you drinking at the well of Ishmael? Or are you drinking at the well of Isaac? And of course, you know, I didn't mention this, not only is it a redeemed well, but it signifies the well of Christ himself, the well of the Spirit, the well of of the Lord himself. And there's many verses in the Bible that talk about, you know, that with thee is the fountain of life, Uh, There's many different verses that show that this well refers to Christ himself. Well, then in Roman numeral 2, it says the issue of our living, not depending on what we do, but on the water, we are what? Drinking each day. Brothers, let me just say this. There's no neutral ground. I know you'd like to say, well, come on, you know, I'm not drinking the bad water. You're drinking one water or another. It's either you're drinking from the well where Isaac is, the well of Christ, the well of the Spirit, or you're drinking at that well in the wilderness. You might think, well, I'm, just, I'm in cruise control today. Neutral. I'm just in neutral today. Brothers, there's no such thing as neutral. It's either you're drinking at this well right here that's going to make you a burnt offering for God's satisfaction or you're drinking at this well right here that is in a place rejected by God and it joins you to the world. There is no neutral ground. We have to make a choice and we have to examine right now, what am I drinking? I get in the car and I'm on the way somewhere and you know how it is. You begin to drink a certain type of water. I'm not going to say anything. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Right, brothers? Sisters, you go into a store. You know, I have a daughter. She's 14. I just could not believe. I have two older boys. I had a daughter, and I could not believe at three years old, when we go into a store, she wanted to stop and look at the shoes all the time. I mean, just fascinated by the shoes. My my boys, they just ran right by the shoes and went, you know, to play with the toys. My daughter, every day, then this and that style and this and that. Okay, when you go to a store, examine what water are you drinking. See, well, none of us is exempt. We, we There's all these sources out there. And we're all drinking different sources. But... We have to examine what are we drinking because it will. It's going to have an outcome. There's, no, there's not anything neutral. What you drink will bring forth an outcome. Either it's going to be satisfying or it's going to be something not so good. So we have to examine that. Well, so, you know, the question is, how do you drink? How do you drink? Okay. In other words, it's it's not. I don't want to just be up here giving a lecture. Okay, you guys need to take care of the right sorts. How do you drink? Well, let's read Roman numeral three, and and this this section here opens up a beautiful picture of our drinking. Okay, so let's go ahead and let's read Roman numeral three together. Ready? Go. Okay, let's have sisters on Exodus 17, 6a. I will be okay, this rock in Horeb was struck and water came out of this rock. You know, when Paul is writing in 1 Corinthians 10, he tells you who that rock is. So, brothers, let's read 1 Corinthians 10, 4. Ready? Go. And all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of the spiritual rock which followed them, and the rock was Christ. The rock was Christ. And then let's all read together John 19, 34. Ready? Go. But of the inside, Okay. Immediately, there came out blood and water. So this rock at Horeb, as it says there in the outline, signifies the crucified Christ. So why did I? Why why do I want to talk about this in reference to drinking? Why is this so important, Richie? Why is this so important in reference to drinking, Chris? Say again. Do you hear what he said? You can't get to B and C without A. Absolutely right. You think about it. Our only ground to drink the living water is the blood of Christ. That is the only ground that we can stand on to drink that living water is the blood of Christ. So I need two more brothers. Okay, how about these two brothers right here? Good. Okay, come on over. Come on up. Okay, you can face them, not me. Okay, good. Alright, so this brother here, no, we gotta we gotta separate him a little bit. Okay, good. This brother here, he's had a really good day. <laughs> good day. Got up for morning revival, had his time with the Lord, went to campus, got with the brothers, went to the Bible study. Was on time for the meeting, sat on the front row, prayed in the meeting. Good day. Good brother. This brother here, naughty. He didn't get up for morning revival. He slept late. When he saw the brothers on the campus, he hid. Then when it was time for the meeting, he said, no, brothers, I got to study. So you look at these two brothers outwardly, just outwardly. This looks really good. This looks not so good. Now, here's the question I have. Does this one here have any more ground to drink the living water than this one? See, we think, though, I know you said no, but we think your good day is what's going to qualify you to drink you, were a overcom- you had an overcoming day, you had a good day, and you think that that day is going to qualify you to drink. And you, on the other side, the bad day means I'm going to have to go to sleep and wake up tomorrow and try again, right? Let me tell you something, brothers. When, when Christ was crucified on the cross, two things came out. What were they? Blood and water. Yeah, and that blood qualifies you at any time and in any place to drink the living water. You had a good day, you're qualified. You had a bad day, you're qualified. And what the enemy tries to do is saying, look at you, how poor. You're not qualified to drink, and you need to say, listen, enemy, I'd like to read a verse to you. (laughs) <laughs> okay, let's read this verse. Nineteen thirty-four. Right, read it to the enemy right now. Read it loud and with your spirit. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately there came out blood and water. That's right. Immediately, brothers, this one here is just as qualified hey, right. to drink the living water. Our qualification, brothers, please get this. It's not our good day. Yeah. It's not how excellent we are. Our qualification is the blood of Christ. That is the basis for our drinking the living water. Okay, thank you, brothers. Good. So that's point number one. Don't we all have a strong basis? Is there anyone here that you were just too bad today that you can't drink tonight? False. Right, exactly. False. False. Okay. Is that what you said? Good. False. Every one of us is qualified because out came blood and water. Okay. Then number two, the rock and Kadesh. Let's read Numbers 20, verse 8. Ready? Go. Thank you, God. So now here in numbers this rock here in Kadesh signifies the resurrected Christ and what do you need to do in this case here speak. speak to the rock you know it says very clearly take the rod gather the assembly you and Aaron your brother and what speak to the rock brothers you want to drink you need to speak you want living water? You need to speak. And you know, based on the verse that just we just read up there at Horeb in First Corinthians ten four, what type of rock is this? Living rock. It follows you. So I need two more volunteers. Okay, two more. Two brothers, come on up. Okay. Actually, wait a minute. You know what? Is Chris Hall here? No. he didn't make okay i need i need somebody really big <laughs> carry hard okay <laughs> okay okay one of you all can sit you can sit down okay all right here's the rock right here he's got the living water okay you know wherever he goes what's your name brother Cor- corbin corbin turn around corbin there's a rock following you everywhere you go in your daily life Okay, so Corbin, I want you to walk to class. Just walk to class. Okay, then right at a certain point, I want you to say, give me a drink. Give me a drink. Okay, there it is. Take a drink now. (laughs) Open it up and take a drink. There you go. You know how to do that, Corbin? Yeah. There you go. All right. Okay, good. All right, now, Corbin, I want you to go down to that seat right there and take a test. The rock's going to follow you. Take a test. Okay, now, Corbin, you're in the middle of the test. And I want you to say, give me a drink. Give me a drink. Okay, listen, it looks funny, but I want to tell you, it's more real than what you see right here. Wherever you go on that campus, whatever test you're taking, wherever you're walking, there is a rock that's following you, and all you need to do is speak to the rock. And if you speak to the rock, it will give you living water. So brothers, this is a big thing. You have to realize it's so available. It's a rock that follows you. You go into class. Okay, now, Corbin, I want you to go, and you're going to the gym now. Okay, go up to the gym, yeah. okay? Yeah, he likes the gym. Okay, you're about, you're, you're, you're about to press. What, what, what weight do you press? I, I don't know. Okay. I don't press. <laughs> okay, well, whatever you do at the gym, okay? <laughs> okay, he's running at the gym. Okay, now you, you're thirsty. Tell that rock to give you a drink. A drink. Okay, take a drink. Brothers, Whatever. Whatever. Okay, now 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 you're going back to to do homework. Uh-oh. Oh. Homework. Okay, going to do homework. That's not exciting. Okay, and you're really thirsty. What are you gonna do? Give me a drink. Give me a drink, yes. Brothers, there's a rock following you. You know what? One time a sister told us, you know how she got saved? This is a real story. Carrie can testify to this. She was at the bottom of Jester, and a good friend of hers came by, and she said, How you been? And she says, I just took a test with Jesus. <laughs> and this, this sister that heard that, she was an unbeliever. And those words rang in her for weeks. Take a test with Jesus. You know what? Every one of us can take a test with Jesus. Because that rock follows you. You don't see it, but that rock is there ready. All you've got to do is speak to the rock. Brothers, that's how available. So we need lots of little speaking during the day. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I love you, Lord. Lord, I'm thirsty. Lord, give me more of Yourself. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry I said that. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry I looked at that. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry I listened to that. Lord Jesus. Brothers, every time you speak to the rock, what happens? Speak to the rock, Corbin. Give me a drink. Give me a drink. See, very simple, very simple. But brothers, this is critical in our daily life. Listen, we have to be believers Believers that are not waiting for Sunday. We have to be believers that are not waiting for even for the home meeting that night. We have to be believers that are not waiting for the Wednesday Youth Fellowship. Brothers, on the way to class, we need to be drinking believers at a test. I challenge you all, when you go back to Washington, San Diego, take a test with Jesus this week. Right in the middle of the test. And I'm not saying pray for A's or even for the Lord to give you the answer. Because what the Lord is in the business of is giving you a drink. That is what he's in the business. You might not get the answer and you might not get the A. But I'll tell you one thing for sure. If you speak to the rock, he gives living water. Okay, thank you, brothers. Okay, then... The third section, this is good, isn't it? It's practical. It's practical, right? Okay, the well of beer. That's Christ within us, singing and digging. Let's read those three verses, 16, 17, and 18. Ready, go. <coughs> question. You know, before we started the message and we were singing those songs, how'd y'all feel? Awesome. Yeah. That was no, I, awesome. Water before. Yeah. But how about after? after. Fantastic. Fantastic. Water. It was just water. When we were singing those songs, it was like, we probably could have just sang the whole time. Yeah. Full of water. But not only do we have the singing, but we also need the digging. Okay. Now I want you to read the next verse, John four fourteen B. Go ahead and read that. Go okay so it says the water that i will give him now listen closely it says will become where in him in him a fountain the well it bear is christ within us okay and then it says of water gushing up so here's the dilemma The dilemma is this. The well is there. He's in all believers. But they don't sense the gushing up. This is the dilemma. You know, there's been times I've been on the campus preaching the gospel, and I'll I'll talk to someone, and they'll say something like this. Yeah, I used to be a Christian. Or they'll say something like this. Well, yeah, it's just not so real to me right now. And, you know, right there, as I'm speaking to that person, you know what I'm doing? I'm just digging, digging. Start talking to this person. So what do you mean you used to be a Christian? We start talking about it. And uh, eventually, we're just shoveling. That's all we're doing We're just shoveling. And at a certain point in the conversation, we'll say to this person, well, tell me what happened. And then they'll say, well, when I was 14 years old, I was in a youth meeting and I prayed and I received Jesus. And then and then it's right there, you touch reality, you get to the well. And it's been covered up for years, just covered up by dirt. Even though it's real, they don't sense the gushing up. And with a lot of us, what happens is Christ is in us. There's no doubt. Brothers, there's no doubt Christ is in us, but we don't sense the welling up within. And the reason we don't sense the welling up within is because there's been so much dirt covering the well. And that dirt can be on our conscience. That dirt can be on our heart. It can be in our mind. It can be in our emotions, our will. But the dirt is covering And so what the Lord needs is our cooperation to dig that dirt away. And you know what? The main way that we dig is by praying. And it's not corporately. For the most part, it's personally digging. And you know where it is? Walking on the street. Going to class. Waiting in line. You just start digging. Just start digging. You know, let me give you one, one illustration to me that just helped me to the uttermost. This brother from another locality was sharing with us that, you know, he's there with the young people, and um, they're prayer reading, they're singing, they're enjoying. And he looked at this one sister, and, and, and you could tell she was doing all the things. She was singing, she was prayer reading, she was doing all the things. But he could tell, looking at her, she was not happy. And he couldn't understand it. She's doing everything, but she's not happy. And it was somewhat of a mystery to him. Well, one day he got invited over to her house. Her parents were there meeting in the church life. And he just watched the situation there in the house. And he realized, whoa, this sister is really acting in a way, not taking care of her parents in a proper way strongly not taking care of her parents in a proper way and he realized the problem with his sister is not that she's not calling she's calling the problem with his sister is not that she's not prayer reading she's prayer reading the problem with his sister is not that she's not singing she's singing the problem is she's got a lot of dirt on her conscience and that dirt has to be dug and you know what brothers you know a lot of where a lot of that dirt comes from are relationships with others yeah. a lot of that dirt comes there you just sense man the flow it's just not there and you know you just had a little kind of little problem with a brother in the house there brother took your milk and he wasn't supposed to Abhishek sorry and there's a little kind of clash, or... I don't know if the sisters have this problem. I know the brothers do. Uh, you know, somebody's supposed to be washing the dishes and come home, and it's filled with dishes. See, it, it's universal. It it's, whether it's Austin, San Diego, Cheney, it doesn't matter. It's universal. And uh, this one's supposed to do it, and this one's mad. <laughs> And this one's right. And this one's wrong. And they're both dead. (laughs) No flow. No flow. Dirt on the conscience. You know what? As soon as these brothers exercise, put away their pride, say, brother, I'm sorry. The flow is there. The flow is there. Brothers... This is what I mean. This message here will change your life if you take what we're saying here. It will change your life. Many, re- many times the reason we don't sense that flow within is because we have a conscience problem and many times it's something involving another person. It could be a parent. It could be a spouse. It could be a teacher. It could be a roommate. Many different people in our life. And the fact of the matter is, we just don't get along with everybody, do we? But I'll tell you what, brothers, we have to be people that treasure the sweet flow of life. More than our pride, more than our ego. We need to treasure it. And you know what? One of the fastest ways to turn on the flow, it's two words. You know what those two words are, Corbin? I'm sorry. What'd you say, Will? I'm sorry. Two words. I'm sorry. Ooh, that's hard. You get stuck up here. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay, let's all just let's just kind of exercise to say that together. You know, just to kind of prime the pump. How about sisters? Let's just say I'm sorry together. Ready? Go. I'm sorry. Yeah, with a little more of your spirit, okay? One more time. Let's do it again. Okay, ready, see? Not easy. Okay, even we're just practicing, it's not easy. Okay, brothers, let's just practice saying it. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Brothers, that's a shovel right there. That little phrase, I'm sorry, it's a shovel. Dig the dirt so the water can flow freely inside of us. Okay, then let me tell you another story three brothers. These are older brothers. They go to a restaurant. They sit down, and uh, one of the brothers is talking to the two other brothers, and he says, brothers, I'm dead. I'm just dead. And uh, so one of the brothers says to him, he says, well, brother, let me ask you a question. When that lady at the counter there asked you, are you a senior, What'd you tell him? Are you a senior brother? He told him he told the lady he was a senior, but he wasn't. You know what that was? That was like a one of those trucks, you know, where they start like this: beep, 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 beep. <coughs> yards of dirt just got dumped on his conscience. Yards. You think it's small? Oh, come on, I'm 59. You know, I'm almost a senior. I'm going to be a senior in November. Brother, are you a senior? You think it's small, But let me tell you something, it doesn't take much to insulate the flow of life. But the beauty of it is is we can dig. We don't have to just be, "Oh man, I shouldn't have done that. I'm dead. You can repent. You would say, "Lord, I'm sorry." You can go tell the lady, "I'm 59 years old. I'm not a senior." <laughs> Brothers, no small thing this matter of our conscience. So, let me tell you what that older brother did. You know, when he found out that sister was having problems with his, her parents, he spent six months with the young people in his locality. And all they spoke about was the conscience for six months, message after message after message on the conscience, speaking about the conscience, dealing with the conscience, working with the conscience. And this is what the brother testified to us. He said, after six months, he said, the life level rose significantly in the young people. And not only did the life level rise significantly in the young people, the numbers, the increase rose significantly brothers small things don't despise the day of small things it's those little things with our conscience when we dig the well flows how about our heart being pure you know a lot of us have a kind of a wrong concept what does it mean to be pure in heart you know i asked some brothers today on the campus they said well there's no sin not exactly right when we say pure in heart, what are we talking about? Tanner, have you ever considered, what does it mean to have a pure heart? Josh, have you ever considered, what does it mean to have a pure heart? What's your name, Stephen? Stephen. You know, we think, oh, okay, it's so pure, ivory soap, there's no impurities in it, it's so good. No, it's not what we're talking about. Single, single, one object. One aim. You know what? Even I would say even with this calling on the Lord. Do y'all like to call on the Lord? Be careful. Here's a question I have for y'all. Why are you calling? Let me say that again. You know, the word says in Second Timothy two twenty two that we need to flee youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord out of a what? pure heart single single one goal one aim you know we have to ask ourselves am i calling on the lord to get a feeling am i calling on the lord to feel better to get some type of joy feeling or am i calling on the lord to get the lord himself ask yourself that Uh, Do I just want to feel better? I'm in a bad situation, so, Lord, I I just don't want to feel this bad. Brothers, when we call, we need to call out of a pure heart just to get Christ himself. You know what? When you call on the Lord, it's up to the Lord what type of feelings you get. You might get a feeling to pray for someone. You call on the Lord, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. Then all of a sudden, I need to pray for Emmanuel. And I begin praying for Emmanuel. Touch the flow right there because the heart is pure. It's not the dust, the dirt on the heart. You know, I might call on the Lord and I might have a sense, I need to confess. I might call on the Lord, I might have a sense, there's a guy right next to me in the bus. I need to give him a track. Brothers, when you call on the Lord, you have to look for one person Christ Himself. Amen. That's it. You get a feeling? Good. You don't get a feeling? Fine. What we want is Christ himself when we call him the Lord. Your mind, vain imaginations. Oh, Lord Jesus, we have to dig. Our, Our mind is like a tramp. It just goes, you can be in a prayer meeting. How about this, brothers? You're there in a prayer meeting. Amen, 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 and you're at a barbecue place. You're saying amen, and you're thinking about Franklin's Barbecue. You're thinking about the next time I come to Austin, I'm going to Franklin's Barbecue. Then the sisters, next time I come to Austin, I'm going to do this. You're saying in your mouth, amen, amen, amen. Your mind is just somewhere else. You know what? At that point, there's a lot of dirt. You need to dig it right there. Call the mind back to the spirit. Don't let it just be a tramp. Call it back and tack it on the spirit there. Motions, the fickle emotions. We're up today. We're down tomorrow. Brothers, the spirit is like this. You're in a jet. It's pouring down rain. It's lousy outside. You get in that jet and you break the cloud cover. And what's it like? sunny no wind no rain that's our spirit our emotions is the rain the wind all the different things up today down tomorrow but you know what in our spirit bright clear unconfused you know what that's there all the time the emotions are there up and down dig them how about the will you got to dig the will Oh, you know, especially with the brothers, I don't think the sisters have this problem. with brothers, you're standing in line at a grocery store. You know, most of us brothers, you know, we have our little cards. We just like that. And there's a lady there, an old lady, and she doesn't have a card. She's got a checkbook. And she's like, you know, trying to write the figures on the check. And we're just like blowing up inside. (laughs) Don't you know what century we're in? <laughs> it's 2014, lady. Get a bank card. Of course, you know, we wouldn't say that. We'd be proper, but... Dig away. Dig away, Lord. You know what, you know, brother, let me tell you why I say dig away here. Everything in your life is ordered by the throne. Everything. When you walk into that store and that old lady's writing that check that's been ordered by the throne for you now will you say amen to that or will your will be stubborn and kick against the pricks you're on the highways brothers driving someone's talking on their cell phone and they're just keeping you from getting to where you want to go what do you do Dig away, brothers, dig away, not honk away, dig away, <laughs> dig away. Brothers, this, this is what I'm saying. Our life, brothers, our life has to be filled with little diggings all the time. This is why I'm saying it's not you just get in your closet and, okay, I'm going to have a digging session you're on that highway you better start digging when you're sitting, you when you're at that HEB you better start digging that's a grocery store here in Austin you better start digging when you're in that prayer meeting and your mind is going 100 miles a minute you better start digging this is why I'm saying brothers this is not just something you go to your room and you dig this is on the street wherever you are dig away and brothers you dig away and what do you get there you get the well gushing up into eternal life brothers that is what we want we want to be believers that don't just have christ in us but we have christ gushing up within us and so we need to be people all the time digging